In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Today, we're going to do a session with Elle. And Elle wrote in about, just seems like you're kind of grappling with this idea of moving closer to home or moving back to your hometown from where you live now. Um, You know, kind of, it sounds like you love where you live now. And so there's this giant question mark, but also, um, yeah, question mark. It's like all the things it sounds like that come up around when we have to make these kind of big life decisions. And it doesn't seem like it's a very clear cut, like, yes, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, thank y'all for having me. Um, so my dilemma I, is is one that I think a lot of people might be dealing with right now. I'm uh, There's a lot of things in flux as far as like my housing situation and um, and so that's prompting me to move from where I am right now in the Northeast, um, back home South, uh, living with my, living with my family. Um, and I'm a little reluctant to do that (laughs) for a few different reasons. Um, one, when I tried to go back in the past, uh, like long-term, not just for a visit, I, I got depressed. I was just Mm -hmm. not in a good space and I wound up coming back to the Northeast. Um, and I, I also have to be honest that I appreciate the buffer (laughs) that I get from the family drama. Um, I'm not always pulled into the everyday, this person did this or said that, and 
I appreciate that. Um, and so, and plus when I go home, I also tend to like pay for a lot of things. And, I, and so the, essentially there's a lot of dynamics, uh, family dynamics that I would like to not fall back into, mm-hmm. um, which make me a little resistant to going home. But I, I think I'm at the point now where I have to accept that I am going home for whatever length of time that is and figure out how to make the best of it. Okay, Ellen, just so I have an idea, if you were to go home, would you be living in the home with your family or would you be living somewhere else for a period of time? Or how, what is that going to look like? Uh, great question. I had been thinking about that. Uh, that's another question that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would at least start out living with my mom. Um, but part of me was thinking that maybe I could experiment with what it would be like to live back in my home state by like living in my own place and seeing what it would be like to have my own life unattached. Um, I didn't know how that would fly if I talked to my mom about that though. Um, Mm. So that was something I had in my head about like maybe starting out with my mom and then seeing what it would be like to branch out on my own. I'm not sure. Yeah, it sounds like there's this um, pull or this tug for you to try to balance maintaining some sort of autonomy with also not creating some kind of rift with at least mom, right? It sounds like. Yes, exactly. I I, I love that you use that word. Yes, that word autonomy definitely is resonating with me of like, Mm -hmm. I want to keep my own life and not just fall back into being being L uh, (laughs) and being the way I was when I was little. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually really glad you're bringing this topic Mm -hmm. in for us to unpack because I I think you're right. So many families, so many people are dealing with this right now, whether it's because it's just not affordable right now to live where we've been living or, you know, everybody's families are going through a lot of stuff. And so it feels like I really want to like be there and be supportive of my family. And so I'm moving home. Mm-hmm. But what we talk about a lot in family systems is this idea of these emotional cutoffs that we need to create mm-hmm. um, a lot of times to create a sense of self, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not even like a conscious decision that I make, but some part of me knows that I can't actually be L myself unless I create some emotional distance, right? Like a lot of times there's just this deep enmeshment in our families. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for me to know where I end and you begin and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so- I guess, as I say that, what I'm wondering about is what it would feel like to, if I am going to go back, maybe really get clear about like a list of boundaries that I would need to put in place for me to make this something that feels like I am going to be able to um, maintain some sort of self as I live back home, right? So maybe that does mean like I, from the jump say, I, I wanna be here, but I also know that I need a space in the world that is mine that um, mm-hmm. I can sort of go home at the end of the night and decompress mm-hmm. and be yeah. me. It's like, what's the middle ground almost? Cause it feels like either you stay where you are, you keep your autonomy or you move home and you lose it. And it's like, oh, well, there's gotta be something that we mm-hmm. can figure out in the middle, right? That feels better. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> that, that middle is definitely what I'm looking for um, because it, it, it would definitely be mutually beneficial financially for mm-hmm. me to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the 
it's the mental not wanting to go crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, being treated like a little kid or being treated like, I, or like feeling like I, I won't have my own life and being able to do what I want to do. Um, well, not what I want to do, like within the bounds of respecting, you know, my mom's home. Um, mm-hmm. But just just trying to figure out what that happy medium middle is. Mm-hmm. What do you think some of those boundaries could be? What could some of those boundaries be? Um, given that I'm not in the same financial situation that I was back when I could pay for everything, um, I one boundary is going to have to be like I I'm not I'm paying for myself. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that, but that dynamic has to change of people uh, assuming that I'm, I'll cover some cover costs that, that they will not need to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such an awkward conversation yeah, to have. I can see it in your face and <laughs> your body. Like I know the listeners can't, but I can see you being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> as you're saying it. Uh, uh, um, because really what, what will happen is like, the bill will sit there on the table. Like, let's say we were to go out, the mm-hmm. bill will sit there on the table until I pull out my car. <laughs> I know what nobody else is going to pick it up. So then. So what's uh, kind of uncomfortable is that at least this specific boundary is going to need to be discussed prior to anybody going anywhere. Yeah. I love that. And that's a little like what I like to call um, offensive conversations mm-hmm. versus defensive conversations, right? So mm-hmm. the way that looks is we're going out to dinner. L, okay. I'm going to just have this conversation before anybody goes anywhere. Like these saying, guys, just a heads up, things are tight financially right now. I only have money to pay for myself at dinner. So if that means like, maybe we don't go, maybe we do some sort of an alternate plan, but mm-hmm. I don't have money for that right now. And then we get to decide accordingly. Right. But I don't wait mm-hmm. until I'm in that defensive stage of like, here's the bill and it's on me to figure out because we've never, mm-hmm. you know, because we haven't talked about it. So a little bit, I have to be on the offensive anticipating mm-hmm. that some of these things are going to be the case because they've been the case historically. Okay. Thank you. So I, I have, I feel like I have had that proactive conversation of being like, oh man, things are tight financially, which is what's prompting me to come part of what's prompting me to come back. Um, but I think what I hear you saying is I need to like in addition to having said that proactively in general, yes. Every time I anticipate it coming up in a specific situation, I need to be proactive and being like, "By the way, L is paying for L and not anybody else." Yeah, and I don't think it has to continue forever, but I uh-huh. do think that we are, you know, this is a boundary thing, right? Like clear is kind. So if I am as clear as possible what I mean when I say things are tight, what that mm-hmm. means is I only have money to pay for myself when I do things. Mm-hmm. period right and I actually have to state the thing that feels like well that should be a little bit assumed if I'm saying things are tight financially yes but no <laughs> like no? unfortunately okay. boundaries mean that <laughs> I don't get to you know wait for you to make the assumption about what I mean when right. I say that I gotta okay. say the thing and I gotta be okay. as clear as I can in stating that right and we talk about like boundaries right when I when I talk about boundaries in the terms of what when I do the codependency classes I always talk about it's like if you look at boundaries as a spectrum right you've got the wishy-washy no boundaries and then you've mm-hmm. got the cutoffs on the walls right mm-hmm. and so sometimes when we're first starting out especially with our family mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're set, learning to set boundaries they usually look like one extreme or the other Mm-hmm. They're wishy-washy and a little confusing and probably very easy for people to kind of 
throw out the window <laughs> mm -hmm. or they're cutoffs and walls. And so sometimes our work is to go, okay, I set this boundary, but I realize I probably was a little wishy-washy about it because it's been trampled on a few times. So mm -hmm. the next time now I need to be a little bit more clear and firm, even if that means it's going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to feel a little guilty about it. Okay. Whew. All right. I can, give it, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. Um, I, I wish I could actually communicate to you how much at least the specific topic resonates mm -hmm. with me and how much I can understand. Cause I've set similar and had similar conversations when I was younger, especially. And it's, mm -hmm. that's why I, I wouldn't even nice. Like I'd see it in your face. I was like, I feel like you. Okay. <laughs> and one thing that I think you're really good at V that I think would be helpful for us to sort of, um, you know, unpack with Elle a little bit is the pushback. Like, I think you're always yeah. good at like anticipating the pushback we're going to get at family from family, excuse me, and navigating how we have conversations around that. So I'm imagining pushback might sound something like what you like, just assume that we think that you need to be, or that we need to be paid for. I've got my, you know, like exactly. something like that. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like, yeah. I'm assuming based on experience, <laughs> like yes. we won't go down the history of the yeah. entire time I've known you guys, but yeah. sure. That's an assumption I'm making. Which is exactly what I would do. I would yep. be like, well, let's go through this detailed history. So, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do okay. that because then defenses are up. We're in like yep. the place of, you know, um, yep. conflict. Mm -hmm. But I think what a conversation can sound like is bringing it all back to me, mm -hmm. my discomfort, my concern, my anxiety around money, right? Mm. Not about you guys at all. I just am really sort of hyper- concerned about what I have to spend right now. And so I want to make sure that I'm being clear that I don't have money to right. spend other than like the little bit I can afford to spend when we go out, like all about me. I'm taking ownership. Mm -hmm. You're not even in my equation. I, 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 I. Mm, that it's kind of like internalizing it, but in a good way. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's about me um, being, just being, trying to be proactive. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's hard that. to argue with, right? Yeah, if, right? If you're saying, no, 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 I just have a lot of anxiety about the fact or a lot of I'm concern, struggling. whatever, I'm struggling financially. And I just like for myself, want to make sure that I'm thinking ahead about what I can, I can spend, right? Yeah. That becomes really hard to argue with you about how you're feeling about your money, right? Yes. Yeah. And saying like, so I'm, I'm feeling a little bit anxious and trying to, and I'm actually trying to get better about communicating. So this is just me trying to practice those, uh, like address dealing with those two issues. Mm, okay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. I can do that. Um, okay. I can do that. <laughs> uh, no, right now, the, another thing that is coming to mind as far as like my nervousness moving home, um, as I mentioned, I, I've, attempted going home before mm -hmm. and fell into like a really deep depression um and part of that is just because I've had to deal with depression before and I think part of it is because I do have some family members who can um who feel like they've gotten a lot of hard knocks in life and that affects their outlook on mm -hmm. life so I try not, I, um, I reach out to this, this, uh, relative and, and we'll talk every once in a while, but I don't, I try to avoid conversations mm -hmm. too. I try not to have conversations with this person too frequently because 
it winds up bringing me down. And then yeah. I feel anytime they're talking, I feel anxious and I feel stressed. And uh, so what am I trying to say here? I think through my, my time in Tad Lab has helped me to grow quite a bit. Um, and I feel like I'm finally in, in this like good mental space and going home puts that at risk and I want to mm-hmm. protect it <laughs> as long as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. if you have ideas about what I can do to like maintain the personal growth that I've had over the last few months and maintain like mental stability and security, um, I'd appreciate that as well. I'm hearing a lot of fear. Yes. <laughs> which I can completely understand. It's like, I almost want to approach this two ways. And I'm curious today, what's kind of going through your mind right now. But part of me wants to say, um, I hear that fear and I understand that fear, especially with the like sinking into the depression. And I, and I think you already have a clear idea of like setting up some boundaries around who you want to share your time and your energetic space with. It sounds Mm -hmm. like you have an idea of what you're going to need to do to protect yourself a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. it might be difficult to actually execute on that, but you kind of know what you need to do. Right. Um, from a boundary perspective to bring it back to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm going to say, and I I don't want to say like the first part of what you said doesn't mean anything. It's not where I'm going with this, but there is a little bit of, we are going to slip backwards a bit. And, And I'm not saying that like to be a Debbie Downer, it's more just to give us the grace to realize that we do get sucked back a bit when we get into our, our families and our family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I do, I mean, I do every time. Like I, I, can, I can count, I feel the countdown happening. It's like, I can set an egg timer the second I walk through the door and I know exactly <laughs> to the moment when it's gonna start to slip backwards. Yeah. Um, and so if we know going in, it's gonna be a struggle, which it seems like you do. Um, yes. Can we give ourselves the grace when we slip up, when mm-hmm. we, don't hold a boundary when we let somebody um, maybe say or do something to us that we, we swore we wouldn't um, or all of these things that we've been working on um, and use it as almost fodder for more growth. Because mm. mm. this is, the, you, you're taking it on the road right now. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're going on tour. You're taking the work that you've done on tour. <laughs> <laughs> you did the studio album okay. and now you're going on tour. Right. And, (laughs) and so this is where, you know, when bands are on tour, it's where they work at a lot of the kinks. It's like, (laughs) oh, people don't like it when I do this. Let me tweak this part of that song. Mm. Um, And so I almost see this for you as a little bit of that. It's, it's like taking it on tour. A test drive. Mm. Yeah. And I think the other thing that is really important to remember in line with what you're saying, B, is that when we have these quote slip ups, when we have moments where I am not the person that I am striving to be in a moment with a family member, that doesn't mean that all of the strides, all of the growth, all that I understand about myself is lost. There are Mm -hmm. some things I love to say, like, once you see, you cannot unsee, Mm -hmm. right? Like once I have certain realizations that stays within me, even if Mm -hmm. I lose my footing for a moment, I get to take a deep breath and begin again and get back to the higher truths I know Mm -hmm. about myself and about what I'm working towards. That being said, I do think to the point that V was just making, there is a lot of inevitable activation we're all going to feel when we Mm. get around our family members. And so how do I emotionally armor up a little bit, right? Like 
got to have my toolkit of things that I use to keep me grounded in what I'm working towards, who I want to be, um, this individuated sense of self that mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm really working on. And so, you know, you mentioned the chat lab, that community um, that we're all a part of, like that is an excellent way to continue to really cultivate and um, differentiate my voice from my family's voice, my energy mm-hmm. from my family's energy. I love to, you know, read books, podcasts, um, people that are sort of speaking to things that I want to stay inspired by and motivated by. Mm-hmm. Like I can leave a room, I can put some headphones in and I can go listen to someone who is sort of speaking the truth of what I need to hear in this moment and mm-hmm. really be like, Ooh, and I needed that reminder and thank you. And relative that's making me nuts. Like I see it a little bit different. You know, it feels a little different to me now, but we do, mm-hmm. we all have to armor up and whatever the things are, you know, that work for you in terms of your self-care a little bit like my armory becomes like I gotta level those up a little bit when I'm home because it's almost that anticipation of like yeah I am going to be activated sometimes but Mm -hmm. that just means I have to do a little bit more of the work to take care of myself Mm. okay Uh, okay so what you're what y'all are saying really resonates um essentially like be one be realistic with myself on not expecting to be perfect, <laughs> implementing mm-hmm. being perfect when in my in dynamics with my family, giving myself and them grace. Um, and then to like being proactive and planning what's gonna help me remain centered and grounded in the, the direction that I wanna go. I feel like that sounds so easy and <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, it, is not. it sounds easy right now. Um, because I'm not with them, but mm-hmm. I guess that speaks to, I, you know, I've been cultivating all of this kind of in isolation mode now, and now it's time to go actually put it to the real test with yeah. interactions with real people. And this is the I scary think. part because whether it's family, whether it's romantic, whether it's friend, whatever, I mean, we do this learning and this growing, but we, we don't really level up if you will, until we actually Mm -hmm. put it to use in those relationships, Mm -hmm. because what's going to happen is that relationship is going to mirror back to us a blind spot or, or something that we thought we had really worked on or had really gotten better (laughs) at. And then we're like, shit, I thought it was a level five. Maybe I'm at level two. Right. And when we say grace, I mean, I believe too, there has to be a little bit of humor in that grace. Like we've got to give our, give ourselves a little bit of like a, well, shit. Like I thought I was doing so much better than I actually am. Looks like I got a little bit more work to do. Um, Mm. because I do believe with grace comes humor. Like we've got to give ourselves a break, you know? I mean, I Mm. I jokingly tell this story when the last time I had like a major kind of explosion with my mom. And I, I remember very clearly almost watching myself from the ceiling going like crazy and going, you are straight up acting like you were 15 right now. And it was as if I was talking to myself and the other side of me went, yeah, I am. And I love it. And I don't give a shit. I'm going in. And like, it was, <laughs> I was like arguing with myself. And in that moment, the like sane part of me was like, all right, girl, like do you? <laughs> I love, I'm going in. <laughs> I was like going for the jugular. And I was like, I knew what I was doing. And I was like, all right. And then, you know what, later I, I, you know, I mean, obviously there was some wounds to kind of like, and some things to soothe over, but I I really had to like laugh at myself because 
I thought I had done so much more work, right? And I was so mm-hmm. much more elevated. And I couldn't believe I got to this place where I was screaming like a lunatic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but really, I mean, of course I did. I was mm-hmm. with my family for a week straight and that was way more than my normal cap. And mm-hmm. I lost my shit, you know? And it didn't make me a bad person. It didn't make me a failure at my inner work. It just meant I was human and I got sucked back into dynamics that are bigger and stronger than we ever could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is where the work of really sort of releasing that black and white thinking comes in, right? Like Mm. I had a slip up, like (laughs) describing (laughs) that does mean that I, does not mean that I am like completely fallen back into the pattern of, you know, whatever I believe pattern to be. And I think with that humor is really a a lot of deep self-compassion, right? Mm -hmm. Like I get to allow for my humanity. I get to Mm -hmm. allow for and witness their humanity. And I think with that, the thing that I find is you're going to surprise yourself, Elle. Mm. Like you're going to realize I'm actually able to be the person bearing witness to a lot of these dynamics, a lot of these, you know, I think you'll see some of the way fear plays out in family members, the ways that they've been conditioned with certain belief systems that maybe aren't yours and you're Mm. seeing it playing out and you're like, wow, you know, is that your authentic feeling or is that something you've been conditioned to believe? And I think even as you like bear witness to it, it becomes like, I get to hold it with compassion a little Mm. bit more versus Mm. internalizing it as somehow being about me. Cause it was never about me. It was just what they've maybe been conditioned to fear or believe Mm -hmm. or how they've learned to sort of protect themselves in the world. Even when you do that today, Mm -hmm. like, so people who can't see you, it's like, you're doing this body language thing where you're kind of, you're stepping back. It's as if you're stepping back and you're watching, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you're being Mm -hmm. that observer, which feels a lot different than the being sucked in and in the middle of the kind of cyclone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that's that mindfulness piece. It's like stepping back and witnessing. Now, look, when your emotions have taken over and you're in that cyclone, mm-hmm. like, let's be real. There's not a lot of mindfulness going on and that's fine. <laughs> it might come later. It's more yeah. of like, a, let's think back what we just said and did. Let's reflect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, but every once in a while, you might surprise yourself to use today's mm-hmm. language and like have that moment of like I did where I was actually watching myself outside myself. <laughs> that right? is mindfulness work. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I chose to go the other way, but you know, but the point is, is it's like you get a little glimpse of that and that's actually really powerful. Like mm. if you can actually be in the place of the observer there's mm-hmm. something really powerful in that because then you realize in that moment, you're not actually sucked into the dynam- dynamic. You're actually watching and witnessing. And then that's when you get to be, you know, compassionate to use today's language. Like, what is this? Like, where mm-hmm. is this dynamic coming from? While wow, this is so much fear, while wow, this is so much conditioning. Wow. I can see this language that this person is using and I know where that's coming from. And so you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, and I'm not saying that we're sitting there all like, analyzing everybody, but kind of, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's okay. You know, that gives you distance. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, (laughs) So I've definitely had the like, so that happened uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like kicking, kicking myself and I'm trying to like get rid of, I'm trying to embrace the, so that happened reflection part without the kicking. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the being in the moment and observing myself, I, I'll definitely have to work on that. And I think, um, so I appreciate what you're saying. Cause I, I think I would probably look at it as I got sucked in again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and really it just has to be uh so so this is what we're doing now mm-hmm. okay <laughs> like, this is what we do it all right <laughs> i don't know why i love this so much of this idea that sometimes our mindfulness work and being the observer is i'm going in we're yeah, doing this I'm going like, for the jugular like this sorry is not sorry we gotta work it out like this like sometimes that's what it is i don't feel think- bad afterwards by the way <laughs> I think we think that our healing work is always like clean and zen and I'm Buddha on the mountain, not Mm. activated. That is not what it looks like to grow (laughs) and to evolve. It looks like I'm in here, I'm working it out. But I think more than anything, it is the awareness, right? So Mm -hmm. even if the awareness is like, yep, I'm going in, that's the decision in this moment. The Mm -hmm. awareness is the growth, right? The Mm -hmm. fact that I'm noticing this is Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm conscious of that. Right. Well, and I would even say this. So the follow-up to that would be, and I don't think I did this this well in that exact moment that I'm thinking about, but the follow-up to that would be is when you're in that reflection point and you're saying, okay, well, this is what I, this is what just happened. This is where we went. Then I would say the kind of like level two work is to go, okay, so what's the learning? What can I take away from this moment? Is there anything in this that I can own? Is there anything that I need to actually go and admit and apologize for Mm -hmm. my part? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not, but is there like questioning it and like, what am I, how am I going to do differently next time? Because it is learning and then pivoting and then learning and then pivoting. That pivoting is really important because you need to actually be in that muck in order to go, okay, this is what I've learned from it. Now I'm going to do it differently. And so Mm -hmm. if you look at it as that opportunity, Again, it's like challenging all the things you've learned and you've worked on with yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what? Like, what's different now? Mm. It's bringing to mind that it, I think it's Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. Mm. <laughs> um, and the doing is just repetitive <laughs> over and over again. Okay. It's actually beautiful, Elle, because it's like you've been doing all of this training, right? Like, it's like you've been in training ready and now you're getting in the arena you're about to like go do the actual work of Mm -hmm. you know what you've been doing all of this work for so Mm -hmm. now I get to put it into practice now I get to do the noticing and the reflecting and the growth right Mm -hmm. so it's actually beautiful thank you I appreciate that encouragement and I appreciate all of the (laughs) ways that you ladies have helped me get to this point. <laughs> and, and listen, Elle, bottom line, you got to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like you're at a level eight, if you recognize that and you notice your eight before you say, get to an 11, mm-hmm. remove yourself from the situation, take a walk, put in that podcast, do a meditation, whatever your toolbox looks like, mm-hmm. you need to take care of you. So if there are times where you actually do catch yourself ticking upwards, remove yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you don't need to explain it. That's the thing that we forget sometimes with our family. You don't need to give an explanation. If you need to excuse yourself to take care of yourself, you just get to do it. You're an adult. You get to do that. Absolutely. And I feel like I would add to that, like if you are making the decision to move home, I think it is good to like put pen to paper before you go and actually say like, what are the things I think I'm going to need, or I know I'm going to need to be point to take care of myself. What are the boundaries I'm going to need to set anticipating that those boundaries, some of them are going to be met with resistance. So mm-hmm. they're like, how do I take care of myself 
when, not if, but when those boundaries are met with some resistance, right? Like how do I take care of myself then when that happens mm. as well? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Um, anticipating the boundaries, uh, pre-planning the self-care that I'll do in each case, the toolkit. Um, okay. Um, is there time for one more question? Small question. <laughs> sure. Um, it, so I'm going back with this, like all of this knowledge, this new knowledge that I have, and I'm trying to um, like put it into practice myself. Like, I'm like, how do I get them to see that this, all this stuff is great and they should do it too. Like without seeming like a problem. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this one's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got an easy answer. <laughs> we don't need time for that. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be that person who's handed pamphlets out with the sign on, like saying the world is nigh, but like, I, I would love to be like, this stuff has helped me. I really think y'all should look at it. <laughs> would you like to start today? You know what, V? I know I would like Elle actually to answer this question. Her own what question? You, yeah, I would like to know what you think your answer is here. What I've been telling myself is like, they ha they're on their own journey and they need to learn at whatever rate they are supposed to learn it in um and <laughs> uh, part of me is like okay but you know can i can i happen to leave a copy of the four agreements uh, where, <laughs> for them to come across in their path <laughs> you are welcome to leave a copy of that anywhere you want but okay. let's be clear you're gonna be resentful and annoyed as hell when you see it hasn't been picked up or touched <laughs> okay or, no. or it's been put back in your bedroom yes okay. <laughs> you, you forgot this <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, what you can be is like, this is a 12 step thing. Like, let this be a principle of attraction versus promotion. Let mm -hmm. your life be your testimony yeah. of what is possible. You know, Ooh. you get to move through the world yeah. in a little bit of a different way. And then they want some of what else got because what you've got mm -hmm. right. going on looks pretty peaceful. Right. You know? So you just do you. It's this idea okay. of like leading by example, right? And, you know, I'll leave, I'll leave you with this because I just think it's hilarious and it's always a really funny picture to me, but um, the spiritual teacher, Jack Cornfield said one time, and it will never leave me. He said, he said, trust me when I tell you that Jesus of Nazareth went home and don't believe for a second, Mary and Joseph acted like he was the son of God. Like they were like, all right, the trash has got to get taken out. <laughs> Like you haven't been here in six weeks. You got fucking chores to do. Right. <laughs> and they're like, and don't believe for a second that like Siddhartha went home and they treated him like the Buddha, like bottom line, mm -hmm. he's their kid, you know, do your chores kind of thing. Yes. The idea is like, just cause you're all enlightened, don't come back here and think that we're going to treat you any differently. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to just okay. show up and live our lives to use exactly what Danae said. It's like, you live your life and they want some of what you have. And here's the thing. And if they don't, mm -hmm. That's their decision to make. It's like you said to begin with, Elle, and it's their journey, right? And so their journey is for them to walk like, I don't know what's best for them. All okay. I can do is stay, fo stay focused on me, right? Mm -hmm. And my path mm -hmm. to walk. Okay. All right. Thank you, ladies, so much. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. Oh, <laughs> keep us keep posted. Us posted. <laughs> yeah. Let yeah. us know. Let us know how it goes. Share with us any experiences where you're watching yourself from the from the ceiling, <laughs> like I just. And when you go in, let us know that too, girl. <laughs>
I will do that. I will definitely do that. Thanks. Right. <laughs> thinking about you. I'll thank you for calling it. I really appreciate it. This is, I think this is going to be helpful for a lot of people. Awesome. Appreciate it. What an amazing episode. I I really love her. Yeah. I feel like she, I'm really glad she brought that in because I feel like she's articulating what is happening for so many people. Um, And, and not even just, you know, in the midst of everything that's gone on with the pandemic and with life and financial world. Um, But also whenever we create these emotional cutoffs or distance from our family, and then we have to go home, right? Like Mm -hmm. this happens every holiday. Go home for the holiday, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and how do I sort of maintain my sense of self and whatever growth and work I've done and feel like I don't want to lose that going back into these family dynamics that were really, really difficult for me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I can totally resonate with so much of what she's saying about you almost feel a sense of like failure or a sense of mm. shame when you do fuck up. <laughs> and I'm sure, I mean, I'm not saying that that's what you're actually doing, but it sure as hell feels like you do. It feels, it feels like way. you fuck up. It feels like you've regressed. It feels like you, you know, have just kind of thrown out the window, everything you've learned and it's a shitty feeling. And mm. so if you preemptively go in knowing like, let's be real. It's going to happen. Don't put yourself on some crazy pedestal where you think you're going to go in and be perfect and maintain all of the tools that you've worked for. It's just not going to happen. We just have to be realistic so that we can then be soft and gentle and compassionate with ourselves. Yeah. You know, I think one of the, to me, the biggest game changer ways of moving through life is just with deep radical self forgiveness and compassion, Mm -hmm. right? Like I get to fuck up 30,000 times and still be worthy of love, Mm -hmm. still not be a bad person um, over and over. I just like instantly get to forgive myself. And it's amazing how much quicker we can move forward in our growth or expansion when it's just like, yeah, that's a part of the process. I get to go backward as you were speaking to um, in the episode with her a little bit, right? Right. It also helps us like, you know, I said to her uh, this idea of like, what can I own? Maybe even part of it, like, what can I apologize for? I think that this idea of radical self-acceptance, compassion, forgiveness actually also helps in that. Because Mm. if we don't give ourselves the forgiveness and the compassion and we stay in the shame and the I fucked up, we we're less likely to actually go back and own our shit, apologize and continue to grow because that part is really important to our further growth. And so they're all kind of interconnected in my experience. Like if you can't forgive yourself for screwing up at the moment, you're going to stay in a place of shame. And if you're staying in a place of shame, you're not going to want to admit to the parts that you really could own. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do that, then you can't move forward. So Yeah, I think you were sort of the first person to help me articulate this language or understand just this idea of like, that was a bad interaction between us, but I am not a bad person. Right, right. That interaction, right? Removing yourself from the moment or from the specific incident that happened because they're not connected. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This was a powerful one for me. I think this is going to help a lot of people or put some articulation. Like you said, she just articulated so perfectly, but I think it's going to resonate with all of you and I hope it did. And yeah, this is a good one.
Agnes and I are so excited to tell you about something we've been working on for a while now. Yeah, we've been, I guess, mulling it over and letting it, I don't know, come to fruition for many years, probably actually since we met. Um, And we're excited to finally be able to bring it to you. We met in grad school doing really deep inner work over long weekends once a month. And I think from the beginning, we've talked about the power in these immersive experiences where we come together in community and bear witness to one another in our stories. And we unpack some of the things that have held us back from living our most authentic life. And I think that's, you know, a lot of what both of us are really passionate about supporting people in doing. Yeah. I mean, everything that we do, I guess, from a therapy perspective, it all seems to ladder up into this, right? It Mm. seems to ladder up into the work of, you know, questioning, why are you not living your most authentic life? You know, what are some of these kind of bad habits or false beliefs that you have that are keeping you from living your most authentic life, right? Like, do you even know what authenticity looks, sounds, feels like for you, right? Mm. Why, why not? I mean, we could talk about the shadow, right? We could talk about things that maybe we've kept hidden for our whole lives for survival. Um, there's so many ways into it, but yeah, I feel like authenticity is really the ladder um, under which everything we do falls. Yeah, absolutely. And so what Vanessa and I have done is we've put together a three-day immersive retreat experience, and we're going to do this first one virtually. So um, in this- COVID be damned. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing, you know, we're figuring out a way to connect in community. And I think both of us have been so inspired by the way virtual communities can still feel really, really connecting mm. and um, like a supportive space in a way that maybe we hadn't anticipated when all of this began, right? Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. So in this retreat, um, we're just going to be bringing together what are, you know, like a little bit of a fusion of both of our specialties, whether that's, you know, digging deep into the codependent tendencies that Vanessa is so amazing at helping us unpack or some of the work that I do around our tendencies to self-abandon. And um, it's also going to have shadow work and the ways that we look at um, our limiting beliefs and our spiritual bypassing and all of the things. There's just going to be so many ways that we bring together the things that we do that hold us back from living our most authentic lives and starting to see how we can break those patterns. Right. And because it wouldn't be Danae and I, if we didn't do this, we're going to make you guys move as well. Right. Because we are (laughs) avid yoginis and we both teach. That's Um, right. And so there will be yoga. There will be somatic movement. There will be breath work. There will be guided meditation, all the things. Um, And also Danae is going to lead us Saturday night into some um, ecstatic dance, ecstatic movement, which she's super in right now. I was like, I love how you make it sound like you're not going to be there dancing with me. I mean, I'll be there, but I'm not going to be leading it. It's all you girl. (laughs) (laughs) You will be dancing. You will see Vanessa dancing. But yeah, there will be just a really deep experience of healing and community and coming together at a time where I think we both feel like we need it the most, right? It will be a three-day retreat. It's going to be March 12th through March 14th, starting in Friday evening, going into Sunday. And um, the name of the retreat is From Self-Abandonment to Inner Belonging, which feels so perfect in terms of the work that we both do together, right? Yeah, and that we're excited to kind of bring out there to you guys and like she said, build community around this stuff, right? So if you go to my website, vanessabennett.com backslash retreats, you'll see it there. It's the first one that pops up. It's going to be $79 for the full weekend. Like today said, starts Friday evening, goes through Sunday evening, you know, jam-packed 
just get a lot of time with us. Don't worry, we'll give you some breaks in between to integrate. Um, but we're really looking forward to it and we, we hope to see you there. We can't wait to get together with you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.